Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is your host, Kim Langling, and I am so pleased that you are deciding to spend just a short part of your day with myself and my special guest today, DC Gomez. By golly, she's got quite a bio. Her name is DC Gomez. She is an award-winning USA Today best-selling author of The Intern Diaries, Young Adult Urban Fantasy. And one of DC's passions is helping those around her overcome their self-limiting beliefs. She writes both nonfiction as well as fiction books, ranging from urban fantasy to children's books. And she's, she does all kinds of other stuff as well, folks, which we're going to touch on. But I wanted to just do a quick intro. DC, thank you so much for joining me on Let Fear Bounce. Oh, Miss Kim, it's such a pleasure to be here with you. I am so excited. Thank you for having me. This is, I've been excited about this conversation because you do a lot. You do a lot. And outside of all that, you're also a United States Army veteran. So first off, I do want to thank you for your service to this country. So thank you very, very much. It is truly my pleasure and honor. So absolutely. Okay. First off, I, I want to ask, how did you find out that you were a USA Today bestselling author? So here's the fun part. I have worked on this project. It was back, I want to say 19. So it's been a while now. It's kind of crazy. I, when I started out, one of the things that I was told, if you're going to be an author, you really need to try to make it to a USA Today or a New York Times bestseller list. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what that means. Like it's all this information people give you. You're like, yeah, that sounds great. What does that mean? So I was able to collaborate with a group of authors and we work in an anthology together. So one of the pieces that I submitted was my intern diary. So I got, I apply, I got accepted, went through this whole process to get these things together. We worked for nine months on this piece in terms of making sure everything was put together, that we got covers, that we promoted. I have never worked this hard in my life for anything to this day. I was like, oh, wow, I don't work on this hard for my single projects, nevertheless, the collaboration. And for anybody who's not familiar, the USA Today's bestsellers, and, and most of your bestsellers, is counting how many books you sold during one period of a week. So for us, it was release week. And in order to do it, you have to sell over 5,000 books in multiple markets. So it can't just be Amazon. You have to have Apple. You've got to have Kobo. So you got to have all these different pieces and it goes usually from Tuesday to Sunday. So most of the big traditions, the most big releases, are you going to see them coming out on a Tuesday? And that will count for the whole week. It's almost the same as they do for the blockbusters and the movies. Like they will come up on a Friday and count them through the weekend. So you work like a maniac to get all these numbers, to get promoted, to get people to understand your mission and your project. And then you wait. Nobody tells you there's a waiting period. I thought like... <laughs> I know. I thought Sunday came and you're like, hey, here we go. They're like, oh, no, no, no. You got to wait till Wednesday. I was like, maybe Wednesday. Like, like this Wednesday? So you sit there for three days, panting and placing and going, did we do it? Did we not do it? Did it happen? Did it not happen? And the funny thing is, you know, I've been waiting all week. We patiently waiting. And then that day I got busy and I literally got a random message like, oh, my God, girl, congratulations. And I had that deer in a headlight look like, oh, my God. And I couldn't figure out what to do. I move? Do I not move? Do I tell somebody? Do I not tell somebody? <laughs> so the moment you find out for anybody, especially if you're working on a project that is extremely dear to your heart, it is complete fear, shock, surprise. All the emotions run through your face and you're going, oh God, that happened. And that was that feeling like that actually just happened. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. That's a great story. And, you know, and I asked simply because I talked to another author 
and she was a USA Today bestselling author. And she literally didn't realize or find out she was till over a year later because someone reached out to her and said, you do know you're on the USA Today bestsellers list. And she said, no. <laughs> I think that might be a beautiful feeling just to not know. I don't, I was like, she worked really hard and missed it. I was like, oh, that's amazing. No, I'm, trust me, we were dragging this to the core. But then the moment you find out, it is such a strange thing. It's almost become a varsity. And that's what everybody calls like, you're going to get your letters. I was like, I don't know what that means. This is a lot of work. And you have to commit with a whole different mindset. I mean, there's the piece about writing that becomes, you know, I always find it in three different levels. You know, you have the writer side, which is your artist. You have the craft where it's really you're tuning in and fine tuning those writing pieces. And then you have the business. And the business is a part nobody prepares us for. It's that whole entire world of like, you want me to do what? Oh God, I have not slept in three years. Like, okay, we're going to do this. And that's the part that becomes real. Right. And the business part, of course, is no fun because you really just want to write and you've got all these other stories running in your head and you want to get them down. And then reality hits and you're like, oh yeah, this is actually a business as well. That's, a, that's tough for a lot of authors and myself included. That's tough for a lot of authors to wrap your rank because it's a lot of work, especially if you're doing everything on your own. It is officially having multiple jobs and having to switch focus. It is truly having to look not just as the creation of this piece that you love, because let's be honest, like to me, writing is the fun part. Like everybody wants to sit around and just create these worlds and massage them and, and talk about them. The business side of this is the part that becomes very much, do, how much do you want to put into it to bring into the universe? I have one of my dear friends that says, and I love him. He goes, we write for ourselves. And I was like, really? He's like, we publish for others. And I was like, oh, that's a whole different way of looking at it. So the moment you commit to publishing, it is definitely to give an expectation to your reader as you bring these things to the world. And part of it involves marketing and part of it becomes doing the business side. So taking both with the same respect changes the way you look at it. It's not always fun, but it's such a necessary evil because you're going, nothing happens if you don't work on the business. I agree with everything you just said. And, it's, and so for all of you authors out there who are struggling with that, you're just going to have to grab onto it because it's part of the journey. <laughs> Unless you actually have a lot of funds that you can expend on hiring other people to do it. So there is that if you have a lot of funds, <laughs> you most, can get away. Yeah. Most authors, especially those that are, you know, starting out or maybe, you know, maybe they've been writing for years and years and then realize, you know, I want to do more with this book or these books that's when, you know, reality hits in and like, oh, I need this and I need that. And, you know, I guess one thing I want to, I want to, I guess, bring up, don't overwhelm yourself and don't put yourself in debt to do it. It is still a small business and you have to have small business understanding of it, you know, in terms of, do you have a budget? How much are you really willing to spend? That was one of like, number one, you know, lessons I learned. It's like, sometimes you have to be very cautious and say, this is what I can afford. This is not what I'm going to be able to afford. And also overwhelming comes in like, how much marketing are you doing? So I was told, and you have mixed feelings, you know, you have mixed school of thoughts. Some people said you have to be in everything. Some people said you only have to pick one social media. I am of the believer that you have to find what's good for you. And sometimes you have to push yourself out of the box a little. Like I'm learning TikTok now. I was like, oh my God, this is an amazing journey that is terrifying. But 
it has taken me a while to do it in terms because I'm very much committed. If I'm going to commit, we're going to commit it all the way. Like we can't just have done everything. So I started out with one platform, period. I started with Facebook. I was like, I don't know it very well. We're going to figure it out. Then I added, you know, Instagram. So I'm like, I'm very much baby steps when it comes to it, because at the end of the day, we still have to write. So if we spend all of our days playing on social media, which is a black hole, let's be honest, it's easy to go down that path. When do you have time to write? So when you said overwhelmed to me, it comes in so many different facets. It's not enough to say how much money you're going to spend, how much money you're willing to play with, but also what is your time? How much of your time are you going to give to everything? Because at the end of the day, it is so easy to lose focus of why you got in this business for. And then I know a lot of people who left it, that like they tap out, like I had enough. This is as much as I can handle and I'm not making any money. And you're going, ooh, something happened. I like how you said that, ooh, something happened. And I know many authors who they may have just said, you know, I'm tapped out, I'm done. Or they've really just backed way off because they feel so overwhelmed about the business side. And of course, the social media, because, well, you know, the last several years with the way the world has turned and changed, everything is online. And so you do have to beef up your social media presence on all these different platforms. And it is, it can be overwhelming and take all your time. And if you're not good at marketing, if sales and marketing is not your thing, it makes it even more difficult. I guess my advice is, is don't stress yourself out. Do, with, do what you're comfortable with doing. Don't spend funds that you don't have. You know, be, be cognizant that you're not putting yourself or your family in debt or in some sort of trials in the future because you spent money on something that you weren't real sure on to begin with. And, you know, and just continue to write good stuff. You know, it's, it's, uh, and I have to remind myself of that as well. Do you have to do that with yourself? I do because it's so easy to get caught up in like the excitement or like the hype. I think sometimes we call them shiny object syndrome. That's what my mentor calls them. It's like, there's always an SOS. There's always a shiny object syndrome coming out your way. And there's always a hot new thing that's going to get you in the front of people and highlighting, you need to go do all these things. And then you find yourself in that place where you're going, oh my God, this is too much. And it's easy. I don't know how other people do it, but you know, one of the things I was told as an author, you're supposed to have a Twitter account. And I was like, I can't handle Twitter. They're like, really? It's like, I can't. I honestly know I'm oversaturated. I know I would not do it any justice. And why would I put myself through that much pain if it was something that I'm not going to enjoy because at the end of the day it should still be fun come on we're creating universe this part of the world should be fun and even the marketing to some extent should be fun so it should not be a straight torturing campaign that we have to endure all the time I agree I agree and then just be yourself be your true self in your social media don't try and bring yourself off across to someone else and then they read your books and such and it seems like that's two completely different people. Be, be true to yourself and who you are and let your, let your readers get to know you a little bit. You don't have to give them your whole life story, but give them a little bit of behind the scenes stuff because that's going to keep them engaged as well. So building that relationship stuff, that's what it's all about. That is such a good way of looking at it. One of the things that I didn't realize, I had a reviewer said, that my characters were quirky. And I was like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. And then one of my dear friends is like, it's so you, because you're so quirky. And I finally realized, I was like, oh my God, that is so true. So that became something that was 
a pleasant surprise for me to actually, and she wasn't saying negatively. She truly said she enjoyed how quirky the characters were. I never saw myself as quirky until somebody pointed it out. I was like, okay, so my characters to some extent are a reflection of who I am. And as long as you enjoy quirky characters that go through a whole bunch of shenanigans and insane plots, then hey, I'm your girl. <laughs> yeah. this way. And I love those kind of books. I like quirkiness. I think quirkiness and quirky, I think it's a compliment, honestly. It absolutely does. And it fits your personalities even better. You know, so once I realized that I embraced it, I was like, oh God, I'm super quirky. I'm super extra too. So the fact that I was shocked about it, I don't even know what I was thinking. I was like, I was seriously thought I was like, you know, this very serious focused individual. They're like, no, you're a goal getter, but you're so quirky and goofy. I was like, okay, I can't even fight that. You got a point. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom calls me a mover and a shaker. She says, you're a mover and a shaker, but you're also a dork. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> that is such an awesome combination because you are officially like efficient with the whole fun inside of it. I was like, that that's pretty awesome. Right. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Okay. So, hey, I want to touch briefly on, you've got a podcast yourself. So share a little bit about your podcast. So about two years now, it's actually, yeah, two years now we're over a hundred episodes because I'm that person that becomes psychotically obsessed with things. I had this theory that I wanted to explore different mediums. You know, I was writing, I'm definitely into visual, I do photography and I wanted something to express myself. So podcasting was one of the things that one of my friends brought up. So I did research like everything else. Like I had to go research what a podcast was. And the first question that I was asked is, what can you possibly do for long periods of time without getting bored? So my podcast is called Inside the Minds of Authors. And it's specifically to give an opportunity to up and come in and popular authors who talk about the book. So we come in, they actually read a portion of the book because here's what I always thought. I have been to panels and you probably have been in the same place and everybody's talking about their books and you have no idea what the book's about. Like they have read a little bit of the back covers, like me reading Death Intern. And then you're going, huh, how do I feel about this book? So I wanted all of us, listeners, the reader, and myself to all be in the same page. Like we all need to have some common, you know, place to start. So I'm like, pick whatever place you love about the book. It doesn't matter if it's chapter one or chapter 25. I don't care. Pick one. And let's talk about it. So they get an opportunity to introduce themselves, how they see themselves. It's usually really quick. And then they read the book. The beautiful thing about it that I have been blown away and everybody has said is like, you don't have a genre. And I was asked if I wanted one. I was like, not really. I write in multiple genres. So it's hard for me to say, do you want to talk about your friend or your fantasy today? Or are we going to talk about your children's book? I'm like, it's on the mood. So it became very focused on the author and what they wanted to do. So I have been interviewing authors for about 20, two years now. It has been an absolutely blast. And I have got to meet some people that we have connected. I have met some people in passing. I have met every single author. And the one thing that I want them to all have in common is a passion. You love your book and you love why you write. I usually ask all of them the same question at the end of it. What advice would you give an up and coming author? And I have always been blown away by complete like, you know, span of everything that has been said and how much they truly love what they do. So that has been a journey that I have been pleasantly surprised. The one thing about it that I wasn't expecting is I'm 
tad bit OCD, so I do lots of editing. I was like, this takes a really long time. So now I'm editing. I'm when I started, I was like, now I'm getting help to the editing department. It's like, we need somebody else to help me here. Because writing and editing and doing all this is becoming a big project, but it has been a lot of fun. You know, and I, it's, it's funny that you, how you started, because I did too, exactly the same, the same way I started my podcast is how you started yours two years ago. I'm now at like my 120th episode and 90% of the people that I have interviewed have been authors, but an amazing journey, amazing journey. And that's also what kind of like boosted me in. Cause I have a television show too, called the right stuff, W R I T E stuff the mm. author called the right stuff the author's voice and that was just released on all kinds of uh, streaming platforms and of course that's just nothing but authors from all over the world sharing their journey but that's what kind of boosted me in that area as well because it's just amazing meeting people and then you but you do have to you do have to schedule your time the right way because if you do all this other stuff you don't have time to write so I did have to, I was so excited about the podcast and then the TV opportunity came up and I was super excited about that. Then I realized, wow, Kim, when are you going to write? So I don't know how you do your days or your weeks, but I schedule certain days for certain things throughout the week. So one day I will record on podcasts. One day I'll record the television show and one day I will do editing. And then the other days are my days to let my creativity on my own stuff go. So how is it that you schedule or do you? Well, you said you're OCD. So I'm thinking that you do. Do you schedule your days or your week out to make sure you get your task done? Yes. And it's almost a lot like what you have. I have specific days that I just record. And I don't think I realize how much energy it takes to actually record. It is truly a performance whether people know it or not if you're trying to be engaged and connecting with your guests you have to be present so after a few of them I'm like oh I am tired like I am mentally tired so I have to be careful that if I'm shooting in the morning if I'm recording the podcast in the morning then the afternoon I have to do something light it can't be me trying to you know write my book because it's not going to happen I'm usually exhausted so I do have very specific days in terms of like, okay, we're going to record on Friday and Saturday, or we're going to do, you know, I got an Amazon live channel now. So you talked about TV. So I decided to do an Amazon live channel. So that's my Wednesday evening, but there's all the prepping behind it, all the communications, all of this emails back and forth and trying to get everything ready. And it's easy to look back and be like, when did I write this week? So I have literally blocks of time that says, this is my days whether I do an outline or I just do 500 words or whatever, but something has to happen or else we are officially drowning in things to do and nothing creative. That makes any sense. Yes, it does. It makes complete sense to me. <laughs> complete sense. I'm, I'm so happy you understand. That's, that makes my day. And then it's interesting because our paths are somewhat similar on how we're doing things. So yeah, I love meeting people that are, you know, like-minded and on the same kind of journey. So this is exciting to me. So I also want to pop in on your, the intern diaries. Now those are, that's what you became the USA Today bestseller on. So share with the folks how many books are in the diaries and then how you started that. So the intern diaries for anybody who likes to read complete a series, this is kind of the one. So it is an urban fantasy takes place in Texarkana. So for anybody not familiar with the town is itty bitty 
we're in between, we're actually on the border of Texas and Arkansas. So twin cities, both on each side, divided by the state line. It's kind of fun. And it honestly, it's based on the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So you get a, it's five novels, three novellas, and it has created an entire universe. So you have all these other worlds and other series that are spin-offs of that or taking place in the same universe. And what most of the times the main, one of the main common threads characters is Constantine who happens to be a talking cat. So I, yeah, I told you, I write quirky with an attitude. It's a whole bunch of that. So how did I start it? I kind of tell this to most people and they'll look at me like, really? You don't look like that girl. I hit the point in my life where I was miserable. And like many of us, we can do things really well. Even things that we hate, let's be honest. We can be very creative at getting things done, even the things that we don't enjoy. And I was in that place in my life that I honestly had the American dream. I had the job, I had the house, everything you can possibly imagine, but I wasn't fulfilled. I truly had hit the place that I was not being creative in any form, shape or way. And it was almost five and a half, six years ago, I sat with my spiritual director, I was sitting there and I'm literally crying. Like I got tears everywhere. I'm having this meltdown because I finally couldn't figure out what was wrong. And after many discussions, she finally, you know, said, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to write a book because, you know, that's everybody's bucket list is to write a book. At no point in time did I think I was going to publish it or anything else because I'm an extremist all or nothing. I should have known better. So when I started writing this book, I didn't tell anybody. I literally had gave myself permission just to write. And I have been obsessing with the idea of what if death, which is death's interns book one, had an intern. What can possibly death need an intern for? What would they do? How would this work? So I lost myself for three and a half months of just playing. I was just letting myself just be happy. And everybody in my life was like, I have not seen you this happy ever. And it became that moment of just creating and putting it together. At the time, because, you know, I'm just writing a book. I wasn't trying to save the world or anything. Do I want to go traditional? Do I go indie? I did research like everything else. And I was like, you know what? I can self-publish. It'll be okay. So I ended up going through creative space through Amazon at the time. Everything was pretty okay. I'm good. Except that I decided that I wanted to give this to my family as a Christmas gift. Imagine that. Except that he goes, if you want to get this out by Christmas, I need to have this in September or late September. It is like middle of August. And I was like, what? Like, I'm sorry, say that again. <laughs> Slowly, because you would think normal people's like, just change the date, girl. Like, it's not that big a deal. It's your deadline. It never occurred to me that I could change my own deadline. I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> so I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't sleep, eat, or anything. Like, I was just not. And nobody knew what I was doing. So I never left the house. I'm like walking around, just writing like a maniac. Not, no sleep. I'm coming from work in the middle, you know, coming home at six, seven o'clock to write for three hours and not sleeping. Why? Nobody knows. Because I honestly could have just changed the date. Let's be honest about this now that I think about it. <laughs> but I did it. So <laughs> here we are. Book is done. All this excitement. I have a book. I am bouncing around. I didn't tell anybody. Here's the reality when it comes to the business side. I, I, and I tell everybody, I live in the Bible Belt. So, and I wrote a book about witches and demons and you name it. And let's be honest, I don't want to get kicked out of my house. I really like where I live. So, and I didn't want to get hate mail. So I was like, still is not brave enough to get hate mail. So my middle name is, my initials for my middle name is DC. So I was like, we got to go to DC. I need some separation. I don't know why my picture's everywhere. So it wasn't like I was hiding. 
So, but in my mind, it all made sense. I was all certain it was going to be okay. Fortunately, my town is amazing. and loves it. And the books takes place here. So they have embraced it. So it has been a good story. I did not get kicked out of my house and my town, but I was pretty sure it was going to happen. But it took me a while to actually embrace to tell people that I had a book. I honestly felt like a drug dealer. Like I passed little flyers on the side, didn't make eye contact. <laughs> and then I left. Literally, I left. I was like, people like, what are you doing? I was like, so like I'm sitting in corners. Like I wrote a book here. And then I took off. They were like, can we talk about it? It's like, um, yeah, I'm gone. So that became that transition of me becoming very comfortable of talking about this book, of honestly sharing with people that I had this book. I wasn't even on Facebook. Like there was nothing out there. One of my dear friends came up to me. She's like, I read the book. I left the book. I looked for you and you were not there. And I was like, what do you look for me? You look for me where? Like, like social media. I was like, oh God, that's the thing. Like I got to do that thing. <laughs> so for anybody who's trying to figure out how do I take the next step? It's okay to be terrified. I like that you brought up that because that's a, you know, that's that, that's that negative self-talk that I think every author, at least all the ones I've spoken to have experienced at some point. Now, how you said you would have your little flyers and you would just hand them off and then run away, you know? And I, I know a lot of authors have done things similar and I've done the same thing. I had all kinds of little like postcards printed up the very first book. And I was in an anthology. That was the first time I had ever been published. And it was years ago and it was super exciting. People did know about it, but I thought that it would sound like too much bragging if I talked about it a lot. So I made up postcards and wherever I went, like restaurants and places like that, I would leave them in the restrooms. <laughs> that's a great marketing technique. Let's be honest, because somebody's going to be like, oh, what is this? So that's a good. Well, people, people saw them. And I, you know, I did receive emails and things like that in my working life, you know, prior to being, you know, doing this full time, I would, I have 24 years sales and marketing experience. That's what I did in, in my, you know, professional life prior to doing what I'm doing now. So there's little things, but I was literally, like you said, almost a, I, I don't, I don't even like to say the word fearful, but maybe I was, cause maybe it was set, you know, I was self-sabotaging myself with negative self-talk and, you know, all of that. And then you're thinking, wait a minute, this took so much out of you to share this story, to do what you, you know, and you actually gifted it to the world in the hopes that it's going to help someone else. And it has over the years. And I still get comments from that book. And this is from 2014. And I was just a chapter in a book. But that's, I understand completely what you were saying. And I'm glad, I'm so glad you brought that up because I know there are other authors out there that feel that way, or they're right in that spot right now. It is the strangest feel because you think I wrote this book. We talk about this book to everybody. We are bragging about it before the book is done. Once the book is done, there's this strange fine line. And it depends because I know authors that have no issues talking about it. Like they're a complete spectrum. And then you have the other ones on one side. Like there's no middle of the ground. Like there's no, none of us who is just like, we're comfortable with it. Because to some extent, we feel like we're bragging about ourselves. It's, it's, it's not about the book we tend to think is about us. And then those thoughts in our heads, that imposter syndrome, that fear, what are people going to say? Are they going to like me? They're going to think I'm bragging. So we eat ourselves up. And one of the things that I had to do, which was hard, which is the reason I became a motivational coach, was truly talk to myself in a way that it was loving, that it was graceful, that I had to be compassionate with myself. I can be compassionate with everybody else. 
yet I tore myself to pieces and I had to kind of come back and say, is it really bragging if you're sharing your journey with somebody that can be touched? Is it really bragging to truly share the journey of this book? And I think my sister-in-law said something because I was having a hard time. And she says, Isis's story needs to be told. Why would you hold it back? And I was like, oh my God, that is definitely profound. And once I took myself out of the equation, once I realized this has nothing to do about me, it has nothing to do where I'm at or not at, it is bringing joy to people. And I think Elizabeth Gilbert says it really well, we create brain candy. At the end of the day, we create this joy to people that nothing else can kind of replicate as books do, as audiobooks, or as, you know, this kind of entertainment and escapism that we give to the world in such a loving way. So I literally had to get out of my own head, get it out of my own way and realize it's not about you. It's about the book. So I can talk about the books forever, have a blast, as long as we keep it about the books. Once it gets a little personal, it's like, oh, wow, it just got weird, but okay. I like how you said you're writing when you, when you got yourself out of the way, once you're able to get mm-hmm. yourself out of the way and that your mentor was sharing with you, you know, you're bringing joy to people through your writing and through your stories. And is also, like you said, you've got to get out of your own way and get out of your own head. And I think anyone out there listening, if you're an author or a creative period, those are nice little nudges and gentle reminders that you are bringing joy to people and you do have to get out of your own head on occasion. (laughs) It is so hard because we honestly overanalyze everything we do. We're analyzing ourselves. We're analyzing the sales, what is hitting, what didn't hit, what are people going to say? And sometimes we forget that the reason we started writing is because we love the word. We love to read. We love these books that brought so much joy. And there's this story. We all have a story. Some people have multiple. We all have this book that is bubbling inside us that needs to come out. And the word needs your word. So put it down. But we spend so much time in our head and trying to say, what is everybody going to do? That we make the journey from becoming something truly amazing to this complete hell on earth. And you're like, oh my God, it becomes Calvary. You're like, it's not that bad. Let's just just be okay with your space. I've been there. I'm like, oh my God, girl, relax. That's the good word right there. Relax. And don't forget why you wanted to start writing to begin with. And you're right. Everybody does have a story or multiple stories. Everybody's life has a season and within each season are different stories. And within those stories are different chapters. It's a constant evolving work in progress is what you are. And they're all beautiful in every stage. I think sometimes we forget that and we can easily get stuck in the negative. And sometimes as a career, as a field, as a business, it can get nasty. Like things happen that you're like, oh, that did not go out as I was hoping for. What do you do? It's like, you tried, you did your best. Get up, shake yourself up, figure out what you can learn from that experience. And let's move on because you will have more. This is not the highlight of your life. This is, there will be more. Trust me. As long as you're learning from your experience. And I have to tell myself that, Kim, what did you just learn from that little pothole in the road that we just experienced? (laughs) You know, it's not easy to remember to ask yourself that. And we're all works in progress. Not a one of us are perfect. Not a one of us are perfect as a person or as a writer. 
We just do the best that we can on any given day because we know at the end of the day, we were meant to bring joy, like you said, bring joy to the world. And if that's through the written word, like it is for you and most of the time for like it is for me, then we have to stay on that mission and try and keep that passion in our hearts. That's that's my beliefs and that's my thoughts on that. <laughs> I love it. And they're absolutely true. And sometimes once we get ourselves in sync with ourselves and kind of realize what is my purpose? What is my passion? What makes me smile? Little things come together that you didn't expect. And sometimes the lesson might be, let's not do that again. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay too. Like that could be as simple as that. I'm like, okay, that did not work. We're not doing that again. And then you just move on to the next one. That's kind of the best part about it. Now, you know, I've got another question for you here. You were born in the Dominican Republic, but you grew up in Salem, Massachusetts. So do your stories that you write have anything to do with, or did a spark of that come from where you grew up? Absolutely. Once people realize I literally grew up in Salem, Mass, they're like, oh, your life makes so much more sense. I was like, <laughs> so I am very, very blessed to grow up in a place, both Dominican Republic and Salem, that are very open-minded in terms of how they see it. Even though sometimes I think Massachusetts is a combination of old and new and can be very confusing, but Salem as a whole was very open. I, 30 years ago when I was, when I was growing up, having witches was not a big thing. Like it was, you know, I guess when you burn people at the stake, you have to be cold-minded. What else you got left? So with Salem is such a very much, it's a tourist town. So you have people coming and going. You got 20,000 people at any given time coming to the city where 30 minutes from Boston. So I was blessed to grow up in a place that was full of history, full of knowledge, full of everything you can possibly imagine. We have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I was extremely fortunate to realize that magic was something that nobody thought about it like you know you got fortune tellers you have you know Halloween was a huge thing for us bigger than anywhere else so when it became that world pulling from where I grew up with and that magic was just natural to me I also didn't realize the rest of the country wasn't like that that everybody didn't have the same upbringing or the same passion or that they understood the Salem witch trial. So I tend to play a lot with history. I love doing alternative history and kind of spinning on his, you know, belief system. I love playing with theology. And it's just kind of taking from all the things that we have and making people question what if. It's still fantasy. It is still fiction. It is still fun and light to some extent. But if you go down deeper, you can be like, oh, that's a different way of looking at it. And it's kind of making you question things without having to feel being preached on. I never want to feel like, I don't want people to feel like I'm preaching on them. I just want to have you, you know, once in a while question things. And you don't have to agree with it. It's just, it's a story. Have some fun with it. Be open-minded. Mm -hmm. I often wish that more people were open-minded. <laughs> The life, you know, the world would be probably a little bit smoother at times. <laughs> we all don't have to agree with each other. Sometimes I feel like we forget that. We all can agree to disagree. We all have beliefs and systems and, and theologies and all that stuff that makes us who we are. Not agreeing with someone. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. It doesn't make it good or bad. It just is. It's That's your right. Opinion. It's your opinion. Enjoy it. It's the same thing with books. I think the hardest lesson for me as a writer that I had to learn is everybody's not going to like your books. Then it hit me. I was like, I don't like every book I read. What makes me think everybody's going to like it? So having to understand that 
my slice of pie is not for everybody, it's okay. So my goal always is to search for those readers who are going to connect, they're going to love these books because that's who I'm writing for. So I'm always searching for that tribe that she's going to be like, oh, I needed this in my life. I needed some Constantine in my life. Bring it to me. <laughs> I need the talking cat. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So as we get ready to wrap up here today, if you could share with our listeners where they can find you, where can they find your books? Where can they find out a little bit more about you and what you've got coming up? I am fortunately available very easily. So if you're looking for my website, it will direct you to where most of my books are located. So it's dcgomez-author.com. So all one word with a dash author.com. So you can find my books there, at least a link to get you to Amazon, whatever their form is available. If you're interested in literally finding out more about me, you can find me either on Facebook under dcgomez.author. Instagram is dc.gomez because I didn't realize I should be more creative than that. Nobody said that. <laughs> I, somebody should have given me more tips on that. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The fun thing is if you check my author page on Facebook, it will honestly give you links to the podcast. You can check out what I'm doing. I am officially now on TikTok that I didn't realize that was a thing as well till recently. So it's, I'm pretty sure it's my handle is at dcgomez-author. I try to keep it consistent because if not, I'll forget it. I'm like, yeah, I don't right. know what I'm doing. <laughs> so they can find me online i have an authors group on facebook which is dc's cadet so if people want to interact i love to hear from people i love to hear from readers what they're reading what they like but a lot of the times i find myself just trying to pour some positivity i really want to pour some love into people so my website if you go in there you can download the origins of constantine and actually for free so you can get that novella in there but it also will get you into my newsletter so every monday i send out a motivational email to people just kind of giving you some positivity because sometimes i think if we can feed ourselves with good energy if we can feed ourselves with something that is going to encourage us the rest of the week tends to be a little better so i write them for me and for them so it's a little give and take tossing them out into the world absolutely absolutely DC, this has been so much fun, this chat. I've enjoyed it tremendously. I would love to have you on again sometime, hear more about your journey and what you've got coming up next, whether books are going to be hitting the shelves and that we can get all excited about. But, you know, and anything that you're doing, whether it's with your podcast or anything like that, it'd be awesome to have you on again a few months down the road. It would be an absolute pleasure. Well, again, DC, thank you so much for joining me on Let Fear Bounce and sharing your journey and all the fun little quirks of yours with our, with our listeners today. And everybody out there, thank you again so much for spending a part of your day with myself and DC Gomez, USA Today bestselling author of The Intern Diaries. This is Kim Langling, your host of Let Fear Bounce. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed.